Well, good morning. Uh, I'm Mark Royer. Um, you probably don't even know who I am. Uh, maybe if you're out in the drive-in church, they have that at 1130 service, right? Probably some of those folks know who I am, but uh, it's good to be with you. Pastor Tim, he brings me up once in a while um, uh, and uh, brings me out, especially when it's a passage that he doesn't want to deal with. So he has somebody that he can blame. And when he called me about this one, uh, it was very reminiscent because it's Matthew 23. It's renowned because it's called the chapter of woes. And it starts out with, woe to you, scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites. Well, the whole concept, the text of Matthew 23 has to do with a search for honesty. Uh, the honesty that we search for in our own lives, not that we're nitpicking in somebody else's life, but the honesty that God's looking for in our lives, bringing us to the place in our spiritual sojourn where we're honest with ourselves. And so I did a whole series and then wrote a book back about 2007, 2008, uh, launched a billboard campaign which, because of the artwork on the billboard, did catch the attention of the press, um, and we did get a little traction in those days for that. A, a lot of people did come to the Lord through that, but it's a different kind of idea here in 2021 as we relate to it, because we have a Western Hemisphere 2021 version of Jesus. The Jesus that we a lot of times believe in uh, or parade is not this one. I think that's probably the reason Pastor Tim didn't want to talk about what would Jesus do, but instead, what would Jesus undo? What would Jesus undo? Because the what would Jesus do became just my own ideology of what I would do if I was speaking for Jesus which pretty well is figure out what I'm doing anyway and put the Jesus stamp on myself. One of the reasons Marcel and I take people to the Holy Land as our, probably our primary thing these days is I believe we need a spiritual reset. I believe Christians need a spiritual reset because we wear masks of Christianity, hiding behind the mask so that Nobody can see what really comprises my spiritual life. And so, um, and, you know, Israel is, is, you know, home to God's people, the family of the Jews, down from Abraham. And God spoke to Abraham, I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. I don't call myself a Christian Zionist. I just believe and be obedient to the Word of God and that's to bless Israel. And so they have been desperate for a year and a half because tourism is a major part of, of what makes Israel operate, uh, those holy sites. And they are spectacular, those holy sites. And God called me some years ago to take as many people to Israel as possible to experience those holy sites. Um, I mean, this is an unabashed commercial for our August 9th through the 17th uh, tour. Uh, the reason I bring it, you'll have to come and see. I think once you experience it together, I think you'll really see the significance of what I'm talking about. 
on how to reset my version, my view of Jesus. Because when he used the concept of oi, he tied it in to three concepts. The grammatos in the Greek text means the word smith, the smart person. A lot of our versions of the Bible say the scribe. And the, and the oi, he said oi pharisaio, um, the religious types, those of you that consider yourself religious people. And then he threw everybody else in when he said, oi, Hippocrates, or those of you that wear a mask, that project to people something that really is not you on the inside. You wear a mask, and I understand masks. We wear masks because we're afraid that if you knew what I was really like, you definitely reject me. And we have such a fear of rejection that we're, we'll wear our mask wherever we go. And Jesus is punching down, drilling down on this whole concept because the oi or the woe to you scribes, Pharisees, and hypocrites, oi is a concept of um, grief because of a lack of living up to potential. When Jesus said, woe to you, or oi, grammatus, oi, pharisaio, oi, hippocrates, he's saying, I am genuinely sad because you have potential beyond anything you could dream, and you're living so far beneath it because you allow your mass to limit you. Because there's a way to live differently than that. Well, he didn't stop there. He went on to say, on the outside you're beautifully whitewashed tombs, but on the inside you're full of dead men's bones. That combination of concept. Uh, Jesus was a carpenter. He was a builder. He built stuff. And he understood that crossamo idea of whitewash. It means to plaster over something that's decayed and corrupt so that it gives the best presentation you can possibly get. The carosimo, the idea that we take a tomb, and, and I might add, <laughs> this, what he's describing is cartoonish. They knew it. They were deeply offended and insulted by it. Now, that's not the version of Jesus you hear very often, right? We picture this prim and proper Jesus that would never offend anybody. I got news for you. He's right here today to say, you shall know the truth and the truth shall. Amen. And as Jesus talked about the crossimo, he went on to also say that on the outward, <laughs> he stoked it up. He took that concept of you're plastering over a, a tomb to make it seem beautiful. Not just that, the jersomo or the idea of pregnancy that you're swelling out as if you're pregnant to the Jew was a great honor. It was a deep reverence. Pregnant ladies were deeply revered in their culture. The, the Gerasimo idea of pregnancy. But then he just smacks it down by saying, but you're not pregnant because what's inside of you are tekron neo, dead men's bones. I mean, it's like he smacks and then wallops and then smacks him again. I mean, at this point, it's, I mean, 
microphone, take the air out of the room, microphone drop. I mean, that's where, but here's the thing about Jesus, and here's the thing about our problems. God is not a problem stater. God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, the Spirit of Christ, whatever you want to call God, the creator of the universe, is a problem solver. God doesn't ever present you with an issue that he doesn't fully and not completely prepared to provide you with the solution. So there's a solution to this, but picture this, because what is required most of all, he says this in verse 25 and 26. Now, of course, that's the verse just before this, and I didn't present it this way, but I wanted to do this. Preachers love to say, and in conclusion. Well, I'm about to launch off on a 15-minute conclusion, so don't get your hopes up on on beating the Methodists, you know, to the Texas Roadhouse, okay? So (laughs) brace yourselves. We're not there yet. Yeah, turn off the cars. Don't rev them up out there. Yeah. Uh, we're not there. there yeah. The conclusion here takes the longest part of this, so you catch this. Woe to you, teachers of the law of the Pharisees. Uh, you clean the outside of the cup and the dish. The patio, pottery, patio is, um, I mean, I, the examination of that is the idea of God's provision. And the dish is the pessimio. It's the idea of fancy or dainty. It's the thing you pull out to impress folk. So you got what God's provided and then what you're doing to impress folk. And Jesus is telling them, on the outside, your cup and your dish, man, they are prime. They're primo. You're looking good. But that's not where God looks. God doesn't care that you got the Jack Nicholas jacket on. What he cares about is what's going on in a different spot. <laughs> now, she told me she got the hair in the middle of that back, and, and, you know, I can't see it, but, okay, let's get past that. You see, I'm not what I appear, right? You know, the thing is, this is how we live our lives. Beautifully whitewashed tombs. Yeah, I know, I know. You don't have to tell me. It's true. It's just true. You know. Yeah. On the outside, that's decent. Yeah, I appreciate your enthusiasm when I'm looking for a compliment and all. Yeah, that's decent. But the thing, thank you. Thank you. I sure hope that was a female and not a guy because now that scares me. I'm cons- I, that scares me. It sounded manly, that whistle. Yeah. So, so, I mean, that's decent, that's okay, normal, nothing to write home about, that's normal, but I'm hiding something from you. 200 dollars Bugatti shirt. Well, I got it at Nordstrom's rack for 40, but you know, that's those, you know those flash email things, 75% off of the clearance. I don't get the math on that. I try to run that sometimes. 75% off the clearance, and that was already marked down 50%. When I do the math, when I do Royer math, I think they're giving it to me plus giving me cash. I think, I'm thinking the math on this is, and then I, I guess I get the percent, I get the digits wrong on the percentage, but here we are. The thing is, 
I mean, there is a stiff breeze coming up the middle of my back right now that wasn't there before. See, the only way that God can help me is if I take off that and stand in his presence like this. Most of the time, we cover it up. We hide it. We keep it secret. And if we would consider, and, and you know, this is a symbol of my inner life, exterior, interior, the truth about it is, if I look at this honestly, I'd say if my spiritual life, my cup, my dish is a house, I mean, I hear Jesus knocking at the door of my heart. Scripture says in Revelation 3, I hear his voice, I sense his knock, I open the door, and he comes in. And I tell you what, when Jesus is coming in, I will guarantee you I'm running for the coat, right? Because I don't want him to see that. I don't want him to see what I've done to it. Because guess what? I mean, I carry enough guilt about it anyway. I know I've messed up. Nobody needs to tell me that. I let him in. We chit-chat, small talk. He comes into the foyer. I got my mask in place. I got him there, and I call myself a Christian. He's right there. But Jesus isn't satisfied with chit-chatting and small talking with you in the foyer of your house. He wants to proton, catharazit, tau. He wants to come in and cleanse you on the inside. And the only way that's going to happen is if you take off the mask and completely expose yourself to his cleansing touch. Now, I believe that happens two ways, very specifically two ways. I believe that we come to a place, and, and I'm just going to speak for myself here. I believe we come to a place, and if you're at this place, you're going to feel a nudge. I don't know, whatever it is. Queasy in your stomach, a tug on your heart, or, you know, one of these, yeah, I get it. I, I see that. I need that. But we've been a Christian a while. I've been small talking with Jesus. The thing is, my back itches because I got a shirt. I, have I shown you my shirt yet? I got a shirt that's itching back there, that back hair going up against those strands. That's itching back there. And am I going to get Jesus out of the house before I go right up to the wall? You know you do one of these numbers on the wall. You know, or we do what we always do. I take it off around my best friends and let them scratch my back and all my uncleanness. The truth is, we come to that place in our Christian life where we need to say, Jesus, come on in. And it all depends on what he wants to do. Sometimes he'll go into the living room Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. 
we don't want him in the living room. Because <laughs> we haven't cleaned up in there for a while. Here's a great thing about God, though. He loves me unconditionally. And he's used to this kind of house cleaning. You've been to people's homes right, where they say, you know, pardon the mess, this or that, and you don't even notice it. We're way more sensitive than we ought to be allowing the Holy Spirit into our living room. And he just, he just flat out goes to town and cleans it. Now, about the time you want him to stop thinking, well, I got the foyer looking good, I got the living room looking good, we're good. Then the Spirit of Jesus wants to move into your kitchen, then your hallway, your closet, your bedroom, the other bedroom, that closet in the other bedroom where you're hiding that stuff, you know, your Christmas tree box where you got your pot. I don't know why I would have ever said that out loud like that. Yeah. But whatever, wherever, wherever you're hiding your stuff, he wants access to it so he can cleanse it. Every nook and every cranny, picked that little thing up from my grandma back in the day, every nook and every cranny, every corner, he wants to clean you of the dust, of the secrets, of the issues, of the baggage, he wants to cleanse you from stem to stern because he can. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Now here's the truth. You can't do it yourself. We don't have the strength to. We don't have the power to. This is where we mess this up. We either keep him in there or we say, I'm going to clean this up. Watch me go to town. And about halfway through the living room, we're giving up and throwing up our hands. We're giving Jesus the boot right out of the house saying, now, nah, had enough of that, had my try. You got maybe people here or watching me. You've given him the boot. You've said, and I want to tell you something. <laughs> I know Pastor Tim would be really nice about now. I'm going to tell you something, and I am not a nice person. I'm going to tell you, you are wrong, as wrong can be. You need to get your, up off your rear. Yeah, <laughs> careful, Mark, careful. Get up off your rear, go to the door, and open it back up for him, and ask for forgiveness, because that's your fault. You tried it on your own. You tried to do the work of God yourself. I am powerless over the cleansing. What I need to do is just say, yes, cleanse me. Now, I say that happens in our spiritual lives faster than the speed of thought, but I also know that it happens in our daily lives as well. Every day, maybe a couple of times in a day, because from time to time, a nerve ending gets struck, right? All of a sudden, I remember something I got hidden in a drawer, you know, the third drawer down where we jam everything. I remember I got something in hiding in that drawer, and the Holy Spirit says, we need, to clean, we need to cleanse you of that. That's the work and the power of God in our lives. Proton, first and foremost. Catharizi, catharazo, catharizit. Cleanse, cauterize, cauterize the wound, sterilize it. Tau, the inside. Are we ready to do this? 
Stand with me today. Bow your heads and close your eyes as you do that. Now what I'm asking you for with your heads bowed and your eyes closed is a moment of real honesty. Who would say, Pastor Mark, and now I don't want to panic you either. Keep your heads bowed and eyes closed. I am not going to have you march to the front, okay? So this isn't some sort of trick. If I was going to do that, I'd have told you before I started, okay? I would have said, fair warning if the Holy Spirit prompts you. But what I want to do today, I'm not going to have you march to the front, but I am going to have you do something that I believe is very significant to begin the cleansing. Who would say, just let's take this a step at a time. Trust me right now. You got to trust me. Who would say, Pastor Mark, I need that. I need to do that. I need to give him access. I need to yield. I need to let him come in. I need the cleansing. Slip your hand up and acknowledge that all over this worship center. Yeah. Keep your hands up just for a moment, would you? Now, only those of you with your hands up, only those of you that have got their hands up, I want you to put your hand down, but I want you to look up at me. Whites of your eyes, right up here to me. Now, these lights are in my eyes, so I can't see you out there, so it's just going to seem like I can look right into your eyes. I probably shouldn't have told you this. I can't see you, but I know you're there because I saw your hands. If you're looking at me right now, this April the 25th at 1215 is a very special moment we need to embrace because the enemy will try to convince you nothing happened. And he comes to, like Pastor Tim says all the time, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. But what you need to say to him is, get thee behind me, Satan. And how we do that is through this prayer. If you're looking up at me right now, I want you to repeat this prayer out loud like you would from your own heart. Dear Jesus, forgive me. Cleanse me. I yield myself to you. My life is yours. My life is in your hands. I have no power to cleanse myself. Remind me to allow you to cleanse me every day. In Jesus' name, and we said together, amen.